brought to you with the natural goodness of Viridian Nutrition, available at Browns. I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series, I talk to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers, sportsmen and women, politicians, businessmen and women, and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. I'm going to do away with too much of an intro for my guest today. This lady is half of the terrible tease, as we referred to on radio. She's a regular guest on The Interviewer and has consistently had me and the listeners in hysterics on this show, usually due to the fact she's throwing her mum under the bus relating to her cooking or calling her husband out for not being affectionate. <laughs> Tazara, thank you so much for being here once again on Hello. The Interviewer. All right, how are you, Trude? I'm great. This is, what, I don't know, fifth show, sixth show we've done I think together? so, yes. Something it's like that. It's the first that. one for 2022. In case there's anyone on the planet, perhaps in southern Argentina who doesn't know you're actually pregnant <laughs> you actually think it's that you, do I think there are people in southern Argentina that no. don't know no that everybody no. knows <laughs> no no I I'm questioning if you think so many people know really everybody knows everybody knows okay. everybody knows that you're about eight months pregnant yeah yes and today we're going to be talking about your experience I have been wanting to do this show ever since you I got told pregnant. you I was pregnant okay because I don't have a family, and therefore I've never been pregnant. You have a family. I'm your family. You are my family, but I did not give birth to you. I'm okay. not that old. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> I'm delighted to have free reign to ask all the questions I've wanted to ask Go about ahead. having a baby. And we're good friends, of course, off air and off um, podcasts and all of this, so... I'm really curious to, to answer your questions and I'm really glad that you have a, a good friend to be able to ask these questions. I've still. always wanted to ask these questions Okay, because I will start off by asking, is there a club for women when they get pregnant whereby they share information about pregnancy and giving birth that those outside of pregnancy and birth don't get invited to? Because I'm telling you, I did not join this club. Life went on very much as usual. But see, but seriously, did people not start sharing information with you that you'd never heard before? That all related to... But isn't having... it, wasn't it like that even beforehand? Even, for example, when I was buying my property, even before when I was going to get married, I had people shoving their advice that I didn't ask for anyway. So it's... Yeah! Jeez. It doesn't happen to you. Like, I don't know. Um, when, when you were changing jobs or something, didn't people kind of, or when you were moving from one country to another, didn't you experience people giving you advice you didn't ask for and you're just sitting there awkwardly listening and you're just like, thank you so much, it's really kind of you, now stop talking and go away, no? In the past, no, but that is my experience right now because, of course, my partner has moved to Prague and we are... Doing, this long doing the long-distance relationship. Thing. Yes, everybody has an opinion about Everyone. that. Everyone. Oh, my Lord. And I notice it. I notice it now, especially when I'm pregnant. And I'm not going to delve in because I want you to ask. And I want you to lead and I will follow. Oh, good Lord. That will be a first. That will be a first. She actually... <laughs> she. Ac I love this. I love this fact. She actually... 
uh, scripts, the questions that she's going to ask every show, even when we were on air. And I feel like every time, so when we were on air, you used to print it. And I used to want to get this paper at <laughs> seven o'clock and throw it in the bin because all the questions that there would be, we would have made absolutely no reference no, to. No but reference to just want to be prepared. Oh, I understand. No reference to. Uh, but I will ask you, before we go into the details of being pregnant and okay. so on, because okay. if someone's listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, I'm not pregnant, I've never been pregnant, I am a man, I'm never going to be okay. pregnant. It's still a relevant show because it's still about your experience and it's yes, still going to right. be extremely good fun. And we're not going to just keep it solely about babies. We're going to go into other details like as well. Sex. So. No. Anyway. You want men <laughs> over here, don't you? <laughs> That's how I got here, by the way. <laughs> anyway. Uh. Before we get into the details, I just want to ask you how you are, because I do know that you've had a bit of a rough trot recently. Are you better? Um, I think now, at um, a couple of weeks down the line, I am. Uh, basically, just in a nutshell, to make reference to what Trudy just said. So I've just had three rounds of antibiotics, which is really not that big a deal when you think about it, because there are worse things that can happen in pregnancy. But, you know, you try your best to be as clean as possible, so to speak, in a pregnancy, not taking any medication, you know, anything of that. But I've been having issues with my kidneys and everybody's obviously unsolicited advice is drink lots of water, drink lots. And I'm like, I'm drinking four liters. Leave me alone. If I drink anymore, I'm going to end up on the toilet for the rest of my day. I'm really glad that you didn't come to me for unsolicited advice because I'd have gone, drink whiskey. Just, yes, I would. Whiskey is the best thing advice. for your kidneys. <laughs> it cleans everything out. It kills all the bacteria. You, you're totally done. But, but you you, know, you're better. You're on the mend. I, I'm completely on the mend. Thankfully, it, it seems like the, first I had kidney stones and then I had a kidney infection then a, a UTI. And anyway, it was just one thing after the other. And then, you know, you throw in a pandemic in the middle of, of it all. And you're like, OK, so I have the vaccine in my system. I have two, obviously, doses of the vaccine. I have all these antibiotics. So it puts you in a little bit of like... And we're meant to be clear and clean. And here I am with this cocktail of, of medicine in my body. But it does get a bit overwhelming sometimes. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Well, I'm going to... That's actually kind of my next question. Okay. Um, pregnancy and childbirth is not a new thing. It's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's new. <laughs> to you, it's new. But it's actually been around for millennia. Well, yes. <laughs> but of course, it is new to you, as you just said. And to every new mother, it is a new experience. I know that you've been trying for a while, but when you actually got pregnant, was there ever a moment or a moment since then that you thought to yourself, what the heck have I done? I always say that my feeling right now towards my pregnancy is I am, and it's a perfect balance of 50-50. I'm 50% really excited because it's something, as you mentioned, Dave and I had been wanting for a while, we had been trying for a while, weren't successful for a while. So when it finally happened, you obviously have the excitement because it's something that you've wanted. The other 50% is I'm freaking petrified because so much of it is unknown. And I don't like the unknown. Nobody likes the unknown. But this is the irony of it, because as I said, it's been around for millennia. Uh As long as humankind have been. But not for me. Not for you. And not for any new mother, just because something... this This is like anything in life, a big career change, for example. Career changes have been around for years. Maybe not something as natural as childbirth, I suppose, but this is something I am experiencing. So it could have been around for even more than millennia irrelevant to me because it's I'm experiencing it now and I I, I have a, a large family my sisters have had kids so 
I've been around children for a while. My mother is a midwife. I mean, talk of childbirth and all of that is not something that's foreign to me. But this is the first time I'm actually experiencing it myself with the hormones and the moods and the, all the things that come into it. So I could have read all the books in the world and seen all the series and seen everything on YouTube. But when you actually experience it, you're actually like, ah, okay, this is it. Okay. Ah, this is what this is. Ah, okay. Just because it's been around didn't give me any <laughs> any oh, upside oh, at you, all. You're a new mum. You, you're a new mum to be. To be, yes. We're going to come back to the moods in a second because okay. that's definitely something we're going to talk okay, about. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I'm going to ask right now, as we approach your childbirth, uh-huh. how do you feel about that though? Because surely, I mean, there's a having Ben, having him... And that's going to be, you know, 18 years of commitment and then some. That scares but, me more than the birth, true. Seriously, I'm but the birth. Not, I'm not at but all. The birth. I'm not at all, at all afraid of the birth. Not oh my even, gosh. not even a slight percent. But you're not scared of that at no. all and, and, and all this stuff. And I don't want to be too gruesome. Let me tell you, I mentioned earlier that my mom is a midwife, right? So at the dinner table, <laughs> as funny as it oh is. Oh, my god! We would have conversations. Of, and my sisters were, oh, were are older than me, so uh, they had questions as well. At the dinner table while you were st- eating uh-huh. your mum's food. Or mummy's <laughs> food. Probably why it tasted so bad. <laughs> but what I mean is, I have I have an advantage in, in the sense that I have been brought up in an environment where things were never hindered, facts were never hindered. Um, even when sex was explained to us at home, it was very like matter of fact. My mom is a woman of science, you know. Um, and when it came to childbirth, uh, my mom was always very like, look, our bodies are literally made to do it. And again, thankfully, we are in a country like Malta where our healthcare system is impeccable. And if something goes wrong, things can be remedied. So I, I was not brought up in fear. My mom is a very matter-of-fact kind of woman for all the crap I say about her food. <laughs> um, she's a very, she's a very matter-of-fact kind of person. And she's, she's always been very like, listen, your body is made for this. This is not you going against nature. An infection in your kidney is going against nature. Um, uh, uh, a sword in your skull is going against nature, for lack of a better example. But this is something our bodies as women was prepared to do. And these nine months slowly, slowly prepare you towards that. It, it's, it's not like a, an operation, for example, when your appendix is, is gone funky and it has to be removed, you know? That is, that is a different type of pain. This is pain that, again, your body was made for as a woman. So that really does give me courage. Obviously, maybe a couple of weeks down the line, I'm going to be like, Judy, remember on the podcast when I told you I was completely chill about it? I'm not chill about it anymore! I'm going to turn up when, you, when you've given birth. I'm going to turn up to hospital and I'm going to play you this back. That's what I'm going to Listen, do. Listen, it's not going to be a walk in the park. I know it's not going to be a walk in the park. I'm ready for it, but I, I know. Um... But interesting enough, you say that you're ready for the childbirth because I thought that would be the most scariest part. No. But what you just intimated then is that actually 18 years years of 18 plus years of commitment that is the scary me. bit that scares me it's going to be the a responsibility complete, complete change of life completely. that scares me more than the birth can i ask you are you honestly 
completely prepared for this. No, what? Of course not. What is? What is do you mean? Sub- what? 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 No, 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 no. I am so not ready for it. But it is what it is, and we take it each day as it comes. And I try not to freak out over the fact that. But what? Okay, so what's scaring you? I have a tiny you? human who is dependent on me. No, I. I. How can I be prepared? Do I know if he's going to choke on a grape? No. Do I know if I'm going to freak out? Tez, no. Tez, of all the things you could have chosen. <laughs> it's very common, huh? Choking you, on you're worried that he... Well, just keep the grapes away from him. It's really easy. <laughs> you can't. If you're so no. paranoid about grapes... If it's grapes. not a grape, it's going to be an oven that's on. If it's not an oven that's on, it's going to be a sharp object. If it, you, you, you're never out of the woods. I had this conversation with my mom when um, I, you're going you're gonna to have a lot of mom references because I do refer to her a lot. In fairness... She is sort of your sidekick every time I have you on this show. <laughs> she's like a celebrity in her own right. But it is because I i mean, she's delivered, she's had four babies of her own and she's a midwife by profession. So I know that the advice that she gives me is not the unsolicited ones that I don't want. It's the advice that I, I actually want. Um, and she filters through and tells me the facts. But what am I coming to? There, There is, in the first trimester, there are a couple of scans. Sorry, I just... I don't think you've ever done that before. Where you ramble through a sentence and then, and then go, go what, well, what am I coming to? I love that. That's cool. We're <laughs> going my brain, that. my brain. In your first trimester, something that was very new to me, of course, because I had never experienced a pregnancy, there are a couple of scans that you can do. Scans to see if your child has the extra chromosome. So a bunch of these scans, but you only have a, a window of a couple of weeks to do it. And I remember um, in my mom's time, these scans didn't exist, but... I went up to her and we had a discussion and I told her, I don't know if I want to know or if I don't, because what if it is the case? You know, this is this is quite a debate and it's a debate you do have with your partner because they've just blurted out to the gynecologist, um, no, we're not going to do the scan. Whatever this baby has or doesn't have, he's coming home to us, which was very sweet. But it was also a bit like, OK, but maybe I want to know. And these are conversations that you, you do, you do need, you do need to have as a couple, which, which shocked me because I did, it didn't cross my mind until I was kind of faced with, uh, do you want to do the scan or not conversation? What am I coming to? You're never really out of the woods. If, if you do the scan and the scan is again, not 100% accurate, you can have a completely healthy pregnancy and then something goes wrong in the birth. You can have a completely healthy birth and then something develops years down the line. You can have nothing that develops down the line, but he falls and hurts on the playground, hits, hits his head and you've got something. What am I coming to? You're never really out of the wood and that out of the woods and that is parenting. You kind of go with it and you're riding a bike backwards, <laughs> but you go with it and you pray to God that <laughs> in the 24 hours of each day, you've kept him alive. <laughs> and that is how I'm reasoning. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. No, it answered my, best, my question very, very well. It's almost as if the baseline is just... Keep going. Keeping him alive. Keeping him alive, yes. Listen, you mentioned just a minute ago that lots of people have shared advice and insights. And I talked about this code of conduct that is between people that are pregnant or had a baby because everybody has uh, you know, an opinion about that. I've never heard 
women talking about sore boobs or what it must be like to have a three kilo bowling ball sitting on your bowels. So this is this is you asking me what it's like? Yes. Okay. Before I delve into that, let me just tell you that I have friends of mine who are pregnant with me and I like hanging out with them as well, but I don't only like talking about pregnancies and only the fact that I am pregnant. In fact, I do make it a massive point of diverting the conversation and balancing who I hang out with to make sure I'm not only hanging out with people who have kids. You just mentioned that there is a there is a an understanding that people that have babies and children or people who are pregnant would automatically congregate together and have that common ground thereby they talk an awful lot about children i can't do that huh? it drives me nuts I, I i it drives me nuts and i hate it because these last couple of months i have found myself in a situation where all people are talking to me about is the pregnancy is the is birth is this is that and i'm a bit like listen i am very excited don't don't get me wrong, but I'm also a person away from being a pregnant woman. Okay, I am I am a person who is pregnant. Yes, I get that. But there are other things going on in my life. I'm still working full time. There is still a global pandemic happening. There are still changes I'm doing in my place. There are still travel. But you see, this is what we do in society, isn't it? We find common ground and we gravitate towards it. So you are now part of, for want of a better word, that club. And it's not a club that I belong to. So it's not a conversation that someone's going to even think about having But just with because me. I'm in that club doesn't mean I don't want to be in any other. And I'm not saying that about you. I'm just saying that that's how society uh, no, I do see can where work. That if you want to find, if, if somebody comes up and says, there's Tez, what's the common ground? Hey, she's pregnant, I've got kids. Mm-hmm. Automatically, you have something in common. Aha, uh-huh. I see what you mean. And do you feel like when you don't have that in common with people, because obviously you don't have children and others may have, do you feel you're at a disadvantage? Or If you were to ask me really honestly, I probably gravitate towards people who don't have children. Any particular reason why? Because they don't have children. Because but, I would gravitate towards them too. But also, I have found that friends of mine who are my age departed from our friendship whilst they had their families and came back afterwards. Once they were at, at an age where they got their liberty back. I think you do need to make... Maybe I'm speaking out of my ass, honestly, because I don't know what things are going to be like in a couple of weeks' time. But... I do understand that the first couple of months are very crucial in the sense that, yes, my life is going to literally revolve around this baby. Um, I don't think it's because of his needs. I think it's because of mine, because I I really need to figure this out because I I have no idea um, what, what the hell is going to happen. I do think that I'm going to check out of certain relationships, but not because I want to, because I need to. For my sanity, I think this is going to be the first time I'm one of the first times I'm actually going to put myself first and my baby first. Yes, but it's it's very it's all very new to me. Trude, a couple of weeks ago, I was freaking out because I didn't know how to sterilize bottles. This is all new to me. It's it's one thing being the cool aunt, and I I, I hang out with my nieces and my nephews very often. It's very different when it's your own, I suppose. Because literally, everybody looks to you. 
for an answer. Everybody looks to you for a solution. And I'm a bit like, I don't have the answer because this is very new to me too. So hearing you say that is incredibly human. And when I listen to you saying that, suddenly I have the realization that your life is about to change. Because I know the Tez who I go to restaurants with and she cleans the fish from head to toe and every single bone in between. I'll still be her. With several glasses of wine. I will. Oh, God, oh I need the wine. I need the wine. I really do. So I'm I, still no, her. No, of course you are. And I'm not disputing that. But what I'm understanding now is the impact of what's about to happen. Even the impact on my body, true. The, the fact well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this okay. and dive up for a second. Tell me what was the most surprising thing that happened to your body, whether or not you've been told that it was going to happen, that you didn't anticipate. I had been envisioning what I thought I would look like pregnant, because again, as I mentioned earlier, we had been trying for a while. And I had this image in my mind of what I thought I, I would look like. And... I don't. Funnily enough, it is just a belly. Okay, my ass grew a little bit and so did my boobs just a bit, but I really thought I would be bigger. Now now I'm going to grow exponentially, but I thought that I was going to be rounder than I am. And even when I look at myself uh, before I step into the shower and I look at myself in the mirror, I can literally see just the ball of baby on my tummy and I really thought I was going to balloon and I really didn't balloon so I'm really happy about that the changes I would say um I miss I miss sleeping on my tummy and the constant needing to pee now I had I had a bladder issue pre-pregnancy as in if I drink a lot of water I'm going to go to the loop I have a very small bladder that, I think, is quite a change. Now I'm feeling that, like, my ankles haven't swelled up yet. So far, I've, I've honestly had a really good pregnancy. I really can't complain. I thought I would be moodier than I am normally, but I'm such a moody person normally that <laughs> there, there wasn't much of a difference. I thought I would eat more. It's really not the case. Sorry, I'm still laughing at the moody. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, even Dave commented last time, he told me, I thought you'd be moodier. I'm like, thank you. That's nice. I'm quite chill about it. I do have my moments where I freak out, I, and I, I really want to stress this, because I don't think people talk about this enough, that, you know, you do get overwhelmed. You have a list of things you need to prepare in this hospital bag, and you're like, oh my God, I don't know, I don't know what this is. Why are you is. preparing the hospital bag now? Because he can pop at any minute from now on, really. You know, I can go into early labor, he can be a premature baby, you know. So at 28 weeks, from 28 weeks on, you need to have everything ready on standby, just in case your waters break, just in case you bleed, blah, 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 so that you can literally go straight to hospital. So when I was in the 30 week, 30 weeks, 32 weeks, and I didn't have this hospital bag ready, which, by the way, is not yet ready, I was like, oh, suppose I had this ready in tw at 28 weeks. Okay, okay. Let's talk about your husband in the context of all of this. Because right. I'm really interested about this as well. How do you navigate areas that you and Dave may have different ideas on? You mentioned about the scan and I know exactly what you're talking about. You obviously have different ideas on different aspects of childbirth and how uh, or pregnancy and bringing up and bringing, and bringing yes. up your son so are you just on the same page no. or do you absolutely have to talk about everything um and and if you do what happens if you go loggerheads and you absolutely don't agree 
Okay, so there are things we really don't disagree on. For example, this is when we're raising him in particular. For example, I don't like the idea that boys uh, do football and girls do ballet. I think boys should do whatever the hell they want to do and girls should do whatever the hell they want to do. And I don't like the stereotype when it comes to certain activities and I don't like the stereotype when it comes to toys I don't like that toy shops have a boy section and a girl section for example I think they should just be toys and then kids gravitate towards what they like now I do see that with kids because I am a teacher and I also have 10 nephews and nieces that naturally children do um, gravitate towards no, because I was always gravitating towards the action man. <laughs> that's okay. That to me is completely and, okay. And the, the tents and the camping gear. Okay, that's completely fine. Naturally, um, or anyway, some the majority of the time, let's go with that, nature does kind of take its course and boys gravitate towards something like a truck or a car and girls would navigate towards something else. But if that happens naturally, that is fine. I don't like it to be superimposed, if you know what I mean. We have this issue all the time. I'm not saying he disagrees with it. No, he's he would just be like, if he had to see our son, because we're having a son, going towards a Barbie, he would probably be like, you're sure you want the Barbie? You sure you don't want the ball? And if our son says, no, no, I want the Barbie, he'll buy it for him. No problem at all. But he would ask the question, you're sure you don't want the ball? I would not even ask the question. I would just say, okay, you want the Barbie? Let's buy the Barbie. That's me. Dave is a little bit different. Even when it comes to extracurricular sports, for example, or, in, or activities, not, not particularly sports, um, I would offer ballet to a boy, Dave would say dance. He wouldn't say ballet. He would say, would you like to dance? And then he would kind of look into what dance he wants to do. I would literally say, you want to do ballet? You know? So this is where we differ. Are there any other points that you can think of? That, that I, I and how, But how do you navigate them? You obviously talk about them, but you know right now that you and Dave are going to approach gender stereotypes differently. Yes. And you're fine with that. I have, I have, what can I do? I'm having a, a child with this man at the end of the day and he is his son as much as he is mine and he's got an opinion which he is entitled to. So I have to respect that, but he has to respect mine too. Starting off, because again, it's very new to me and I don't want to take on, I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. So I'm going to start with disposable nappies and then a couple of weeks down the line, I intend on swapping to cloth nappies. This has been on my mind for a while. I've done the research and all of that. Dave is completely against it. But there, there is a debate and this is a debate I have with other people as well, not only Dave. It's easier to have a disposable nappy, close it and throw it in the bin. It makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because I know that nappies that you and I have used are still out there <laughs> and haven't even started to decompose yet. So I'm a bit like, I'm going to contribute to the environment, you know? So this bothers me a lot. It, I don't, I have a reverse osmosis at home. I refill my detergents. I, I'm somebody who tries my best to be as eco-friendly as I can. So it's a really interesting question. And I think what we'll do is we will delve into that. When it comes to it, When yes. you come back onto the show after having had Ben, because... As you mentioned, we talk, we called them Terry's nappies when I was growing up, and I there was no option. There were no disposable nappies. Uh, they were My cloth. mom took those cloth nappies, washed them. 
But this is a debate, for example, in our household, another example of a, of a debate that he is against them and I am for them. And I'm looking forward to unpicking that next time on this show when you have lived that experience and you see how uh-huh. it works. I, I, I have... I'm very, I would very much like to talk about it because there are things that I would like to discuss with you as well. But I don't want it to be just about clot nappies. Today. Tez, I'm <laughs> going to wrap up with one last question. Sweating buckets. <laughs> Is that because you're pregnant? <laughs> no. It's the lights. It's everything. It's my God. I'm it's ho- not the lights. It's freezing in here. It's freezing. It's... I hope I'm answering things correctly. I hope I'm not giving As a bad impression. Like, you know. Last question for you. Okay. Sex. Okay. Do you lose your sex drive when you're pregnant? You lose it in the first trimester a bit because you're very nauseous. Well, this is my experience anyway. I can't speak generally. In the second trimester, it's great. You're just like you again. You don't feel the nausea. You are, you feel, the second trimester... So for anybody who doesn't know any of this, you have three trimesters, yes, in a pregnancy. I, I love the way you looked at me and went, yes, as if I'm going to say, yes, <laughs> yes of, course, of yes, course, yes, yes, three trimesters. <laughs> and a trimester is three months. Roughly, yes, yes, yes. yes. So you're fr- out of your first trimester is uh, basically about 13 weeks where you're kind of safe to tell people that you're pregnant, so to speak, because there's a very, very high percentage that you won't miscarry after your first trimester. Um, this is this is for anybody who doesn't know, whenever someone says, oh, it's not safe to say, yeah, don't say anything, it's probably because they're very early on in their pregnancy and there's a chance they might miscarry. Um, so the first trimester is a bit... Eh, um, <laughs> you're very nauseous. Well, in my case, let me talk about my experience. I was very nauseous, didn't throw up so much, but just the constant nausea where like I would be driving around and I would have to pull over and I just, whoa, the first trimester is like, okay, hello. The second is like, oh my God, yes, I can do this. Oh, the second trimester is so comfortable. For me anyway, it was really comfortable. There are people who have nausea all throughout. I did not. The second trimester is like, oh my God, I can have 20 of these. The third, you're starting to feel everything. So I get uncomfortable, for example, when he kicks and he, he kicks a lot <laughs> and when he's kicking. Of course he does. He's your child. He's my child, Mushek. Um, when he kicks at like three, four o'clock in the morning, it's like, he oh, just go to bed, go to sleep. I'm tired. I have work in the morning. Um, yes, I, the, the kicks wake you. They're amazing kicks. Don't get me wrong, because to me, it's like him telling me, hi, mommy, I'm here. You know, I like them and they're very reassuring. Because sometimes, you know, you do worry. When, when I don't feel him, I freak out. And then I eat a bar of chocolate. And I'm like, okay, he's here. Yes, he's here. He likes chocolate. Um, well, he is my son. Um, sex in the second trimester is great. In the third is uh, hard to maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I like that answer. <laughs> it's hard to maneuver. You see, m- myself and probably everybody else who hasn't experienced this is now going, huh? I imagine. <laughs> no, no, I don't know no, no. to. No, you can leave that one right where it is. No, that's not what I meant. Tez, Tez. No imagining. We're not doing any imagining. That is so not what I meant. Oh, my word. Listen, Tez, I'm going to pull this one to an end. Okay. I am so looking forward to interviewing you next time, having had Ben. 
<laughs> and sharing that experience and also how that's changed your life and how you pick up your life from there. Because I really do feel like you being honest with me and with people that are listening to this show is very honest and very, very enlightening. It's something that people don't really talk about. I think so. Did, are there any questions you had to leave out which you're sad you left out? Tez, I haven't even touched the first question. Jeez, we are. <laughs> That's bad. There you go. It's a usual <laughs> Tez and Trudy show. Tez, thank you so much for being on the interviewer. I really appreciate it and I'm looking forward to meeting that little man very soon. Me too. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>